how I define a close friend, all of my close friends have seen me go through things and they've been there. And that's how I know you're a close friend. When you're there for me, I'm the type of person that whatever you gave to me, expect that a million. Welcome back to the Girl We Grow Now podcast and thank you for joining me on this beautiful Monday. So I am back for some girl chat with my friend Nicole. So I met Nicole when I was in Montreal. So ironically, I happen to know Nicole's cousin and her cousin was going to introduce us on my first trip to Montreal last summer, but it just never happened. We didn't get the chance to meet. And then I went back to Montreal in the winter and we ended up matching on Bumble BFF and she put two and two together that I was the person her cousin was going to connect her with. I truly feel like we were meant to meet and so I just think it's super cool that we were able to end up meeting on our own. So in today's episode, we talk about the different levels of friendship. We talk about non-negotiables, about what we look for in friendships. We also talk about if a best friend is like a soulmate. We really just dive into all the different aspects of friendship. So this was a really fun conversation. So before we get into the conversation, I do want to mention that I'm currently trying out a new platform, which I'm so excited about because it is a video and audio platform, which will allow me to post video clips from the episodes on social media and eventually do a video podcast. So with that being said, I'm still working out the different things with the audio and the sounds and just the volume between me and my guest with the remote recording. So so in this episode, the audio will go in and out a little bit, but I promise you it's still a good episode. So bear with me as I learn this new platform and get adjusted on it so that my guest and I can have the best audio sound, but it might take a little bit of time. So I'm going to go ahead and thank you for your patience in advance. All right. So I want to go ahead and jump into this girl chat with Nicole. I'm so happy that you are joining me on my podcast, Nicole. Welcome. I'm so glad we're chatting again. This is technically our second meeting. I know. Wild. But you said you wanted to come on. I was like, of course, come on. Because what, our first meeting, I feel like we talked for hours. <laughs> we did. It was like instant connection. So I think the podcast title is very telling. I agree. Okay. So I love to start off with a little icebreaker for my guests. So I have a little icebreaker question for you. What is the best life advice you've ever received that you still apply today? Oh my gosh. This is going to sound really cliche, but I feel like good advice is good advice. Don't silence your own voice and trust your gut, like literally. And it's so hard to do, even though it sounds so basic. Yes. I like, I preach trusting your gut all the time. So definitely I echo that. And you're right. Good advice is good advice. And I feel like when you trust your gut, you usually are going to make a really good decision. So I love it. Can I ask you something in return? Like when did you start actually following that advice? I'm still learning. Hmm, That's a good question. I want to say I've kind of always followed it. I've been very in tune with it, even as a kid. So I don't know if it just kind of the way I was raised, like with the way my mom was. I just think about this instance when I was in middle school. So me and my neighbor, we would always be all over the neighborhood. We were walking and this car was like going super slow next to us. And again, I'm like, I think I'm sixth grade. And then I, I look at her, I was like, okay, I'm running. This is weird. And so I literally just like sprinted off, you know? So I've always just in situations like that, I've always just trusted my gut, like since I was a kid. So I feel like it's one of my gifts, honestly. But what I would say is like for someone who's learning is that as women, I think we do have really strong intuition. It's just, I feel like a lot of times we can talk ourselves out of it by, oh no, like I'm 
just being overly cautious. I'm just being scary or things like that. So I think whenever you hear that voice of like talking yourself out of something, just finding ways to quiet that and just go with your gut. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather make a safe decision versus like regretting something later. Oh, yeah. 100%. Don't silence yourself. As you said, yes. All right. So I'm so excited to talk about friendships, especially now, because I do feel like as women, when we get in our like late 20s and 30s, we really focus a lot on love and romantic relationships. But I do believe that friendships can be some of the most important relationships that are the most healing and the most amazing. And they really can just be those lifelong relationships that you have forever if we prioritize them. A hundred percent. I'm with you. I actually just took a recent trip to like Manitoba and it's not the most exciting province. I know that you probably know a lot all in Toronto, like very exciting cities. But basically I grew up in Winnipeg and I hadn't seen my friends for like eight years or something like that. And we went to university together and it was so amazing seeing them. Like, you know, when you feel just recharged and rejuvenated and you're like, oh, this is what I've been missing. Just like that connection with your girl. Yeah. Was it kind of like, even though you guys hadn't seen each other in eight years, it's like you guys picked up right where you left off? Yeah. Like soulmates. It's amazing. Like I'm very lucky to have the friends that I have, like the close girlfriends that I formed. And I want to create that in my 30s for sure. Oh, I love love that. And something else I say a lot besides trust your intuition is who we choose to have in our close inner circle is so important. I'm sure we've probably at some point learned this lesson, but it's like who you choose to surround yourself with, they can either elevate your life, keep you stagnant or like pull you down the wrong path and like hold you back. So I have always been someone who's just so, I don't want to say selective, but like I really take my friendship seriously and I don't consider just anyone a friend, you know? A hundred percent. Have you ever had like a friend breakup those are the works those are like just as painful as like with a really good friend like your sister i'm trying your to think kid. i don't know like i've had friendship breakups but i don't know if i've had one with someone who was just so so close unless it was kind of just like growing apart so we both felt it so it was sad but it was coming you know but have you had one with like someone who was like a sister not that you put it that way no like, isn't it's always been somebody that like trust your intuition, trust your gut, right? Like, I just kind of knew that that was going to happen. Like, I felt it, and I'm like, okay, like, I've been dragging this on for like a very long time, and I didn't want to like let go. Now we're letting go, and that's okay. But never with somebody that's like, because I'm thinking about it, as it were with one of my sisters, how I would feel, I'd literally be destroyed for like yeah. years on end, probably like for like two years or something. Definitely. If it's one of those super close, like family like relationships. But just you saying that reminds me of something that I, I think I saw on Instagram not too long ago, but this girl was talking about how everyone's not your friend. So we need to stop thinking that everyone's our friend. And she, I think it was a stitch actually. So maybe it was TikTok. They also were talking about like, you have to trust your intuition. If you do hang out with someone and you feel relatively close, but you start getting these feelings, like something's not right, like something's off with them, or they kind of start acting weird when certain things happen in your life, whether good or bad, but it's like, trust your intuition, like no matter what. And again, like you said, like it can be really sad. It can be really hard, but sometimes it's just really necessary. That's it. I don't even have anything to add to that. That's what it is. They're so funny. I want to talk a little bit about the different friendship dynamics. I looked up different levels of friendship. So I want to get your thoughts on just like what you think about those different levels and what kind of access someone at that level you would allow them to have with you. Let's start with the queen. 
acquaintances. So when I think of acquaintances, you can tell me what you think. But when I think of that, I think of someone who basically you see them out and about, you guys recognize each other, maybe you'll have a small talk, but it doesn't really go further than that. You're probably not going to really schedule a hangout time. It's kind of just like someone you know, they're nice, like you talk a little bit when you see each other and it's kind of like that. But definitely tell me if you think of acquaintances as different and kind of like what level of access you would give that kind of relationship in your life. I'm thinking that one through. I feel like I agree with you, but I'm such a, I'm a chatty person, right? And I'm a friendly person just like in general. So I can be like friendly with an acquaintance. If I'm cold with you and you're an acquaintance, that means that I'm really like upset or you did something wrong. So I'll be like, hey, how's it going? And genuinely care about how you're doing. But you'll mm-hmm. notice that the conversation will stay at a shallow level because like once it goes deeper, it's reserved for a certain type of person. Yeah. So, like you'll never really, we'll stay on a shallow end and everything will be like, oh, it's okay, girl. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I won't complain about anything. I won't say anything serious, but I'll still be good to you. And it's like a work friend situation. Yes. So say like you've put someone and I feel like this is like really applies to sometimes coworkers, but say you put someone in that acquaintance level, but there's someone who is trying to get really close to you and trying to get beneath the surface and try to be like your close friend. But you already know, like just based on your interactions with them, that that's just not what the kind of friend that you want in your close circle. Like, how would you navigate that situation? It really is hard because it's just kind of like, it's not because you're a bad person. Right. I wish you all the best. I have zero beef with you. It's like literally like, I just don't want to make friends like that at work. I just, I've learned the hard way and I just wouldn't do that again. So what I'd have to do is just be nice, be sweet and friendly, but like always kind of like, it doesn't mean that I don't have to hang out with you just with boundaries. Like we can go for a drink, but it'll stop. It'll probably be a non-alcoholic drink. It'll stop at one drink or like, we'll just stay level. Like, like, oh my God, that thing from work. You know what I mean? And you'll see yeah. that I won't let it go there. And I'll continuously not let it go there. And I feel like most people will kind of get the hint with that. Yeah, I agree. So you're saying like you probably any coworker, it's like a no, just based on previous experiences. I just, I have met I mean there's really great really nice people like seriously I might just say this to be like oh there's really nice people there really are people that I'm like oh my gosh I love this woman like as in agape and I'm just sitting there like I like she's great like as in like I wish her the best I'm even like spamming you like an email to the boss and whatever and I'm all about your advancement and your success but we're not going to get that close maybe after I stop working there like maybe and we can become like if the relationship develops that way but first year second year mm, I need some time I promise I don't have trust issues I totally get that though because I think sometimes it also depends on your like work life and how closely you work with people. But I think sometimes we can confuse coworkers who should be acquaintances as close friends. And then we start telling them these personal things. And then we wonder why the whole office knows. It's because we had no business telling them in the beginning. Just because they asked doesn't mean they have the right to know. Because I feel like there are some coworkers who are a bit nosy, but it's not because they care about you. They're they're literally just nosy and they are gonna go gossip about you later. That's just a warning though. It's like why are you asking? Mm-hmm. Like why is someone asking me that in the first place and why and I also notice how you talk about other people too it's just kind of like if you're that comfortable and we just met uh, there's something going on there you know very true and like you just said when you hear them telling you other people's business that you work with you already know what's going to happen if you tell them yours that's That's literally (laughs) it pay attention to that but I get you though like sometimes like familiarity becomes and proximity like you see that person repeatedly all the time yes right like you 
it's even more that you see your own like family or like your closest friends sometimes. So like mm-hmm. I can understand if like something like that develops. But I try to keep very strong boundaries as much as I can. I have developed like a friendship with a boss before for sure. And then it gets complicated, you know, because it's just kind of like, oh, they're my boss. There's certain things I shouldn't say. So I'd rather just keep it like very kind of dry. Yes, actually. Yeah, it is another topic that I talked about in a previous episode, but exposure is 60% of like getting promoted in the workplace. So you do have to, but like, it's kind of like that rub elbows, but like say just enough, but not too much kind of thing. (laughs) It's like literally when they say play the game, they literally mean play the game. (laughs) It's hard. But it feels like manipulation though, right? Because it's like, especially if you're a genuine person, you have an open heart. Can you want to be completely yourself? But it, it backfires. You can't. And I'm terrible at it. My manager tells me about this all the time. I'm like, I don't want to pretend that I want to talk to this person that I don't want to talk to. It's very hard for me, you know, especially if they've already like done like these weird things at work that kind of have rubbed you the wrong way but you really just have to like if you want to move up you have to if not I guess you just have to start your own business (laughs) oh man we're gonna have to find a balance but that's the point this is for me like I uh, I try to keep it very cut and dry I don't want to get hurt Victoria I know that is hard especially like if it involves betrayal or like you said like things end like that is really hard so it makes a lot of sense what about social media like what if your coworkers add you on social media do you accept it (laughs) oh my god I actually have somebody on social media at me. And what I do is that like, depending on their seniority, and this wasn't like a direct social worker. It was a lady that I was like doing research with. And she's super sweet. She added me and I just took her out of my stories. Like she cannot see them. I do that too. You too, right? I do that. It's not like I'm doing anything wild. I just don't want you on there. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't need it to be like, oh, Victoria was doing X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. So I get it. Exactly. Especially with like international development, like policy governance stuff. So like you have to keep up like this image and whatever. That makes sense. And I totally get that. I have, I think, three coworkers on my Instagram. So most people, my job it is very it's a still like a startup company so it's a lot of young people but they all just follow each other and one of my co-workers well I would say one of the closer co-workers I have she was saying one of like the VPs followed her I was like no but it's like can you really like deny their friend probably not like you know so he followed her I guess because they both live in the same city maybe that's why but I would be like no no thank you like but how's the startup I feel like it's a different vibe though like especially if you have a lot of young people I find that it tends to be a a bit easier no like it is a different vibe yeah like I talk to my co well I talk to them a lot I still don't put like all my business out there but it's also remote so some of them I haven't met yet like I have met most of my team but we have new people but I'll meet them when we go to LA for work but it's interesting because there is one coworker when I was in her city like I hit her up I was like oh I'm gonna be here like let's get like um I think we did happy hour or something so I think that is cool to like work with people your age because you're more likely to kind of connect with people but yeah so I, I like it a lot because it's just very different from previous companies I worked for it was just like a whole bunch of like older white men that obviously I'm not gonna go to happy hour with you like we're not connecting on any kind of level you know like their kids are my age like it's just like a no so this is a lot more fun I will say that I might have to join your job yeah it's the complete it's a lot of work <laughs> okay never mind I'll stay at mine yeah yeah you'll probably you probably will be more fulfilled at yours but ours is fun but okay so casual friendship is the next level so that relationship it's kind of like a bond over like a shared hobby so like if you meet someone and you guys are both into fashion like you guys like hang out and go shopping together go thrifting or things like that so it's like I guess a a little bit deeper than acquaintance but it's still not sharing your deepest darkest secrets or pouring your heart out you know so what are your thoughts 
on that and kind of what level of access that a casual friendship gets oh, man. to you. I have a casual friend, kind of like that. And I knew that she'd be a casual friend because, you know, when a friend is like flaky, I can't mm-hmm. personally do it. Like, it's then like, I cannot, like, it's an I love you, but like, it's just not, I'm going to get frustrated if I put you in a certain category. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I'm just kind of like, hey, so basically we dance together and she's great. But at the very same time, like she's somebody that, again, very flaky, but we still have a good friendship. And with her, I actually go a bit deeper. Like she knows a lot of stuff about me. She's not the first person I call type thing, but we're still like cool. And I still like love seeing her and hanging out with her. I just expect a lot less, obviously. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess we'll talk about values, like what we look for in friendships. But like if like they have this quality that you really wouldn't like look for in a close or intimate friend, like it makes sense that they would just naturally fall into the casual friendship. Because like you said, one, you don't want to be disappointed if you like make these plans and they're like, you know, always flaking because that after a while that can hurt if you put too much into it like you said like you don't expect much so it's like okay so that makes sense yeah and i like these categories you're putting on because i'm like yeah like i literally have categories in my head like it's something that like i you know but when somebody asks you you're like i do yeah we all do okay so close friendship so you guys are both comfortable being your true selves around each other you give each other advice because you have faith in one another's judgment. And this friend is like, this is someone you would consider like a good friend. That sounds close to best friend, but not quite, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So there's one more level, intimate friendship, which is the best friend level. So that one involves more of like, a, I guess, a deeper sense of connection. You typically want to hang out more. You really trust that person and you get a lot of support and like very few topics are off limits. So you literally will tell that person everything. And maybe your close friendship, you tell them a lot, but like maybe there's some things you just wouldn't tell them, but you would tell your best friend. Okay. Yeah. I I have the person in my head right now. Love this girl. Like love her, love her, love her. It's basically what you said. You broke it down really well. Um, You would tell this person a lot of stuff, but there's things that like elements that wouldn't connect with you on. And that's okay. And that keeps you kind of like, you know, not quite at the very best friend level. So like I tell this person a lot. I trust them. I love them. But like I hold back a lot. So I definitely have that. Yeah. But it's just interesting how we, like you said, how we put the people in categories. But also I think it's necessary. So I I don't know if you've heard of this. I literally heard about this last night. And before I even tell you what it is, I want to make sure I say this is not scientific. Literally, it was a TikTok viral trend. So do with that as you want. But have you heard of the seven friend theory? No. What is that? So basically, it the idea that you should have seven people in your circle that all bring a unique value like to your life, but they all provide something that the other person doesn't provide. And it like breaks it down to the seven different friends. And I'm kind of into it, to be honest, because again, this is something I've never thought of, but it makes a lot of sense. So I can tell you what they are. Okay, so the first one is the friend that you've had since childhood. The next one is the friend who is like a sister. And then there's the friend who pushes you to be the best version of yourself. So they are always going to hold you accountable, which I think we all need that in our life. Then there's the friend who knows all of your love problems and they're the person you go to for all your relationship advice. Oh my gosh, that makes me laugh um, because I feel like I have that too. The friend who makes you laugh in any situation. So this could be a friend. Maybe it's not a super deep friendship, but it's an important one because you get just a lot of joy with being around each other. And then there is the friend that you can talk to forever without anything changing. So no matter how much you both evolve, the relationship 
relationship is always a relationship that you can rely on each other and that person will just always be there. And then there's a friend that you can tell everything to. So the one who will listen to you and won't judge you and will always support you and they basically keep your biggest secrets. Those are the seven friends that we all should have, apparently. I like that. I almost wonder, can you have like some of those traits, like not necessarily in seven people, but within the same person? Like let's say the person who knows all of your love life, but also makes you laugh, but it's also your sister. Like is that possible? I think so. Again, this is not scientific. Like this in theory is really cool, but I think you can have multiple in one person. I like that theory. Me too. So I have to ask you, do you think your friend or your best friend can be a soulmate? Like, Do you think you can find that in friendship? Yes. I mean, this, do I even believe in soulmates? Like technically, the way that I see soulmates, <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. People who are like divinely in your life. You know what I mean? They got placed there and you know God placed them there. Or the universe, whatever you believe in. But like in a sense, that's kind of like, well, like you were not here by accident. And then you just like, you understand each other on a different level. But that's also built up upon by communication and effort. So maybe that to me soulmate. And yeah, 120%. I love my sisters. What do you think? Like, do you have like a soulmate friend? I do think that's possible. And I feel like I do. But it's just really interesting when your soulmate friend like you guys are so far away which I mean we still talk and obviously the connection's still there but it's also like at different stages of your life and you guys are just going through different things but I do think like yeah like you can have that but I do feel like especially even as we get older and we have these friends we've had for like a decade or longer and it's just so interesting to see like wow we are literally going through life together or what about that friend that always happens to be in the same wavelength as you like you guys always experience the same stuff like just together i don't don't have that no but i want that i think that'd be really cool do you have that right now i mean i'm hoping to form that with you but that's a different conversation okay maybe i know i know yeah i do have that well it's not like exactly the same person obviously like she lives in berlin and i live obviously wow, in Montreal. Cool. it's funny because like berlin and montreal are like the same city like in so many ways i don't know if montreal really like, yeah, i feel like they are like when she describes berlin i'm like that's all like that's i've been thinking about going there that is so crazy that you say that oh, you told me in our last conversation i'm just kind of like this is actually crazy because like yeah <laughs> one of my best friends goes there and like yeah wow. we always happen to go through like similar things differently but like we're like oh i can relate to what you're going through because we're so similar, but very different if you were to put a side by side. That is really interesting, but I think it is cool because that literally is going through life with someone when you guys are exactly going through the same things, but like you said, a little bit differently. So I think that is really cool. But then also I think when, I'll say like right now, like when I think about it, most of my close friends are like intimate friendships. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing, but we're all they're all married and like not they don't all have kids and have kids like they're literally at different points in their life than me but it's, it's interesting we're still really close and again like obviously their experiences like they have to listen to my dating stories but it's funny because they kind of live through my dating stories like whenever i do get married they're gonna be so knowledgeable like, most of them have been married for like mm, well a couple of them have been married for like over five years so it's like wow i'm gonna have this wealth of knowledge by the time i get married which is kind of cool but then also i can still spice up their life with my dating stories i love that perspective like the fact that you're like like, oh, my girls can actually give me advice on how to navigate things, you know, because they've experienced it. They've been through it. I think that's really dope. Yeah. Because I think sometimes you can be like, oh my gosh, like I feel left behind. Like my friends have, you know, they're at different like levels in their life. Like they're married, all these things. But I just know like it's not my time for that just based on the people that I've been with. So like I'm fine with like being left behind because I would rather like wait until I find my person. And it's like really like admiring their relationships and being like, wow, like I know that what I'm looking for is possible because like I see that they 
they have been able to get what they're looking for. So for me, instead of feeling left out, it's kind of like just really encouraging because I know there's really great guys out there. (laughs) But I love that. Like the fact that you're just kind of like, okay, I'm looking at it from this perspective, especially if it's like all of your girlfriends that are really close to you that are getting married or engaged. That's something that I'm experiencing a little bit now. It's not all of them, but it's a lot of them that are either in relationships or married or engaged. And life is getting real, right? We're getting older and everything else. And we're learning more about the world. And once you're at work, I feel like you're not meeting as many people anymore as well. So it gets like kind of challenging. And throw in remote work, not even going into an office. So in a previous episode, we've talked a little bit about workplace romances because I had one and we were like talking about that. But I was telling her like with remote life, that kind of got rid of that, you know? So it's just really interesting. It is harder to meet people outside. Yeah, 120%. Actually, like I was going to ask you based on that, like how do you cope with your friends going through different phases? I know that you change your perspective, but how do you also remain positive? That's a really good question. I will say that I, so none of my friends live in the same city as I live in. We all, I don't want to say we all moved, but I have moved. And then, but yeah, we all live in different cities. So I will say that it's not like something that I'm around all the time. So I wonder if that could be a part of it. Cause it's not like, you know, we're going on, like I'm just hanging out with them all the time. But yeah, I think that kind of I think that changes the dynamic for me. But also, I'm not going to lie, I'm probably a little bit more content (laughs) with being single than the average person, which I don't know if it's good or bad. But of course, I have my moments. But I just really try not to get into that comparison game. Because also, I've seen so I've seen really good relationships, but I've also seen really bad ones. And so for me, I feel like being single over being in a really bad relationship that causes me a lot of stress and like heartache, I'll take being single any day. So I also think like my perspective on relationships might be a little different because I'm not in a rush and I'm very like, you know what, if you're showing any sign of toxic, like I'm good. I think it just, I, I'm really content with being single because I've seen like the good, the bad and the ugly. So I wonder if that's part of it. I think that's my whole thing too. Yeah, no, for sure. I just can't settle. I, even if I tried, I couldn't. So there's also that. So my girls being happy in happy relationships is important to me because I'm like, okay, you can find that. And I'm glad that you girls aren't settling. Yes. Yeah, and watching your friend go through a bad relationship is really, really hard. I think it's honestly harder than going through one yourself because it's like, obviously you're going to support your friend no matter what, but like, mm, how I feel about that person, I'm like, and like, you know, say they decide to stay with them, you have to be like nice to them. I'm like, oh girl, you're asking for a lot from me. Like now I know that stuff and like, I can't unknow it. And whenever I look at him, I'm just kind of like, hey, no, I don't like him anymore. I'm more hurt than you are. Why is that? Crazy. I know. I think it's because we're coming from the perspective of we love and care for our friend, but then our friend's coming from the perspective they love and care for that other person that we now like just don't give any craps about it's easier for us to disassociate from that person that they love absolutely but But yeah like i'm right there with you i'm like "Uh uh-uh but okay so what is a non-negotiable character trait that you look for and want in like a best friend you need to be somebody I can be myself with. I think that's really important. Agreed. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to agree with everything that I say or do at all times, but you definitely mm-hmm. have to be somebody that I can go to and you will try to come from a place of understanding more so than judgment. And you have to be a safe space. Yes. 100%. If you're not that, like we're not friends, girl. I can't. Yes. Literally the same. Like, oh my gosh, I literally have the same thing. Like, I feel like 
I need to be able to show up as myself in all the different dimensions that I have. I feel like I don't want to have to be happy all the time just because you want me to be happy all the time. Like I want to be able to go show up with my friend. And you know, as humans, we all have ebbs and flows. Like we go through different things. Like no one, it's not realistic for someone to be happy all the time. And if they are, it's because they don't feel comfortable showing you who they really are, to be honest. At least that's how I feel, in my opinion. But you know, so for me, it's literally the same. Like I want to be able to show up at my friend. And like you said, have have that safe space to where I can tell you my situation. I can show up sad. I can show up and be like, oh, like it's been a rough day. Like I'm in this like kind of mood and it be okay. And you don't expect me to like be on 10 high energy and like fun and happy all the time. I can't even, who expects that? Like, are there people? Are there? I think there are people, but I think those are the people who, you know, when you get into that close friendship, it makes you realize like that person is just meant to be a casual friend because they just want to be around for the great times and the fun times. And that's when you have to like be like, okay, you're going back to casual friend. We are not close friends because like, as you said, the close friendships, it would be a safe space or we can't be close friends. And like, it should be okay for you to show up as you are. 100%. You nailed it. I think that's how I make it make the differentiation, to be honest. Like, can I cry in front of you? Like, fucking, like, literally ugly cry. And will you be like, oh, okay, obviously, like, how are you doing? This is okay. I'm still going to be here, even though you're not going to be a good time or you're not doing something for me type thing. Yes. Right. I feel like the biggest thing is like how I define a close friend. All of my close friends have seen me go through things and they've been there. And that's how I know you're a close friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been like yes. the like, person was there for me and when you're there for me I'm the type of person that like whatever you gave to me expect that a million like it's not about payback but like I just like I see you basically is what I'm saying you know what I mean yes I love that I think that's really important it is it's huge especially like when you're like in a social media age where you have so much pretense right Mm -hmm. oh like I have to be a certain way and and I have to curate a certain image you know always I just can't I can't keep up with it right and I think that's why I feel like best friends not that you have to have a lot but having one important because you need to be able to have that safe space and like I don't want to get morbid but I think about the people who like we've heard who committed suicide and we hear like oh they were just always happy all the time like we never suspected it but I think when someone's always happy all the time is when we have to like go deeper and ask more questions when we are like a close friend I think that's kind of like part of a close friendship just going deeper and asking questions because I personally believe no one's happy all the time no absolutely not I think that's uh happiness is a great emotion but it's a passing emotion you know mm-hmm. how we were chatting about like just how friendships like healthy friendships and how friendships really affect well-being it's not about necessarily the quantity of the friendships that you have but the quality of the friendships that you had and just like you know I'm like I'm a health researcher I'm really big on well-being and I'm really passionate about it and it's really a situation where the social determinants of health which are the non-medical basically things that make up your health like housing, your social networks, for instance, your friends, like those things are super important. But within that, it's like your support system. So that means that you can't really be part of that person's close social network, or you can, I guess, like, let's say they're going through like something really big, like a cancer diagnosis or something, not on what, like it won't be with the friend that you always have to be happy all the time with. That won't really influence your well-being that much, as opposed to somebody who's actually like a social support to you. It's social support for a reason. They're there for you. And I think that's what friendship is really all about. 
obviously have different kinds of friends, but you know what I mean, right? Yes, yes, close friendship. But yeah, I think it's important that you mentioned that. I remember hearing something just going back to like when we went into COVID and isolation that a big part of it was like people were so isolated even from their friends that it like apparently like human connection they say is like one of the biggest forms of I don't know if they said happiness, but like they were just talking about how important human connection is. And the fact that we lost that or a lot of people lost that for like a year or I don't know, maybe more was like huge. And it was like had a big impact on us, like mentally, emotionally and all of that. I don't know about you, but like after I came out of COVID, I would say that I'm a relatively social person. I felt anxious. Were you anxious for like the first like year after like lockdown? I'm like, oh, there's so many people. I think I'm still kind of anxious a little bit. Yes. And then I felt like I forgot how to because I'm also someone who's a social person. I feel like I forgot how to just talk to random people. Like I had to relearn that because I was like, I don't I don't know. Like, why are you so close to me? Was my only thought. (laughs) So much anxiety stemming from that. And I do think that COVID, even now, like you mentioned suicide, you hear so much about like mental health and anxiety. And part of it is, I guess, like obviously the whole viral TikTok sensation around mental health, which can also be a good thing if it's not misinformation. But think of like, is it that we're more attuned to the fact that mental health is actually an issue? Or is it more so a situation of we noticed that in COVID, for instance, and we noticed like how bad it was when we didn't have any. Did our mental health deteriorate after COVID or was it always kind of there and it's now being brought to light? So it actually makes me wonder and I wonder how much like friendship is a part of that and connection like you said is a part of that. Yeah I mean I think it's a valid question and even when I think about it so I I mean COVID was terrible but as far as working remotely I've always wanted to work remotely so I was happy but I remember at one of my other companies I worked for right when COVID happened, one of the girls I worked with, she was like, well, yeah, it's different for you. Like you have your family where you live, you have your friends, but like I moved, she moved out of state for this job. So for her going into work, cause we would like, she was the coworker I would talk to all the time. Like we literally would just be chatting all the time. And she's like, for me, it's different because like, I don't have anyone here. So like I looked forward to those connections at work. And so for the people who were away from their families, they were away from their coworkers and they felt so alone. I could imagine that that they would have been impacted heavily during COVID. Oh, that's so true. I was thinking about this, like just in being in our 30s and moving to different cities and making new connections and making new friends, like, because you move around too a lot. Like, I feel like you're just like a traveler, a world global. (laughs) I am a traveler. But yeah, like, you're right, though, when you move, it is harder to it's harder to meet people what i try to tell people is go out by yourself which i know can also be like really scary i love i honestly love going out by myself which is the reason why i can do like solo trips but you just never know who you're gonna meet when you just go out by yourself because i feel like people are more likely to talk to you because it's less intimidating when you see one person sitting there versus like a few people sitting there that's so true i was thinking and that's good advice right now because i'm moving to a new province like literally in like two months for this job. so sad you know i'm sad about that too but you know what like it's a remote job and i'm doing it for other reasons like i want to be like around my field a lot more and basically i'm just kind of like hey this is a remote job and honestly like nobody is really my age or people i have something in common with within my office love them but we're just like not the same people so it's a situation where it's just kind of like, I'm going to take your advice and going out and talking to people more. Because I'm like, how am I going to make friends in my 30s? Because I'm like, I don't know how to, do, I don't have school. 
I don't practically technically have an office and I'm new to the city. So like, how do you go about doing that? I'm like rock climbing. I'm not really that into it, but like <laughs> you get into it. I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Do you have any well, ideas? You mentioned a good point when you say rock climbing, but if there is a hobby that you like that you can like find a meetup or find, I don't know if you like cycling, like find a cycling studio or a cycling club. I don't even know if they have that, but like find a hobby you like and see if they have like a club or like a space you can go to so that you can meet people who also like that. So like, if you like cooking, take a cooking class or like things like that or if you like dancing maybe a dancing class that's what I would do and then obviously there's Bumble BFF that's how we met spoiler alert (laughs) that and then also like I said just going out by yourself I'd say would be the thing and if you work remotely and you're able to travel around like that's also that's nice but I know not everyone's like into that oh we work so I don't know if you have one where you are but potentially like finding a co-working space you might meet someone so yeah those are my tips we work is yeah that's a good idea and guys like listen to the great tips by the great victoria because i feel like <sighs> you're feeling it. you are literally always traveling so i'm like okay hey, i want to ask her how to do this that's what i was thinking as well i feel like with meetup like it's a you never really know you know what i mean like the type of people you're going to meet because it's just true it can like really fail or go really great so definitely that and a bunch of hobbies and that is how to meet friends in your 30s i I think so you need to repeatedly see that person i think even though with certain people you don't have to you just kind of like joke but it's not every day those are rare occurrences yes and i'm gonna be honest obviously montreal well not obviously but montreal is the only province that i've been to but Canadians are so nice. So I feel like it's just a lot easier to meet people. Like I would say like Florida, it's way harder to meet people than it was for me to meet people in Montreal. I met amazing women in Montreal. You included. But every amazing woman that I meet in Montreal is always not from Montreal. And it really makes me mad. Not saying that there's no amazing women in Montreal. That's why I don't even go in Bubble BFF anymore. I'm like, you guys are playing. I remember you telling me that. It's so funny. But guess what? I'm coming back to Montreal. So there's that you see this friendship connection guys right <laughs> let's talk about friendship red flags so what are some red flags to you oh, oh my god <laughs> how many i just feel like if you are flaky if you were judgmental if you are not a good person like that's important to me like i need you to be like a good like two people like just generally like i need to be able to see that you're a good person so, and you're, you're unreliable. I cannot with an unreliable, you will never make it to close friends if you're unreliable. You say you're going to do something, you don't do it. Obviously everybody messes up. Nobody's perfect. But if you keep doing that over and over again, I will lose it. Like I can't do it. I can't. Like being unreliable and being flaky all comes down to like, if you're going to be late, communicate it. Like if some, like, I don't know, I guess flaky people that is, that is really a flaw. Like some people just like to flake i don't know why but i think all that stuff comes down to communication like don't overcommit like if you can't do something just be honest so i don't even know if like being unreliable can stem from people pleasing but yeah i don't know but i get that that's that's a good point i feel like it can but at the same time like i feel like people like mean to do it or they're like oh sorry i forgot i got distracted by this or whatever and it's just kind of like yo like i can't rely on you and that's like not okay right if you flake out, like that's not flaking if you cancel like on time. But if you're like, oh, actually, like it's always the day off and you keep doing it consecutively, because this happens to the best of us, I think. But like, if it's like a you cannot stop doing this type situation, then it's like, okay, bro. It's a pattern. Yeah, we got to look for the patterns. And people reveal themselves through their patterns. It's not a once off, it's not a second time thing, third. No, you're going to see it. You're going to see it for sure. 
Yes, especially over time because so I think in the beginning there some people can really hide who they are and put on facade because they want to be liked. But over time, that natural pattern of who a person is is going to come out. So that's kind of when you know. So whenever I think about, I know you asked me in the beginning if I've ever had like a friendship or like, well, I guess you said like a sister-like friendship breakup. But I do feel like typically if I've like, I guess, grown apart for a friend or we've parted ways, a lot of times it's been like, oh, like, you know, just kind of seeing like the layers, like the onion being peeled. And it's like, okay, wow, like we really just aren't that compatible now that like, who you are is coming out, which is fine because not everyone's going to be compatible. So yeah, that's it. No, it's true. And like you said that your friendships, like let's say if they were to break up, it wasn't like a big blowout breakup. And it wasn't like a situation where like, okay, we need to sit down and talk and I'm breaking up with you, but more so of a slow fade until you guys are not in communication anymore as much. Is that what it is? That's a grown up boy. I think. Yeah, I would say I'm trying to think, I guess like one friendship that ended I guess more like in my thirties would, I guess it was more of a conversation kind of, I don't really know actually, but it was kind of like, like in a friendship where the, it just becomes exhausting. Like, I mean that in the nicest way possible, but like just that person just starts to exhaust you to the point where it's like, Hey, like, I don't know. It seems like 90% of the thing I say like bother you. So I kind of just, you know, it's like, again, like I said earlier, like I want to be able to be myself. Like again, if something is like something happens that hurts your feelings, like, yes, let's talk about it. But like, I need you to give me the benefit of the doubt. And it's like, if you can't give me the benefit of the doubt and you think everything I do is a personal attack against you, why are we friends? And I think I told her, I was like, if I felt that way about my friend, I wouldn't be friends with them. I wouldn't consider them a friend. Like, those are just things I don't get. Like, if you feel like everything I do is like a t- an attack towards you, then don't be friends with me. That's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, that's it. And at times, like when you get into like patterns of like codependency almost and like high expectations, I don't know if you've had that before as well. Yes, high expectations. And oh, expectations. It's like you. And so I'm someone who this, I don't even know if this is a good thing to be honest, but it is kind of is something that's like deeply ingrained in me. I've been like this way since I was a kid, but like, if I feel like something, obviously I know life isn't fair, but if I feel like something isn't fair, I'm going to like say something. So it's like, if you're expecting me to show up in a way that you don't show up, I'm going to be like, okay, you're expecting me to do this, but like, I'm going to let you know how you didn't show up in that way as a pattern. And I'm going to ask you like, why are you expecting that from me? And you know, and it's like, some people can handle that level of directness, but like, I'm going to ask you because don't ask me to do something that you can't do in our relationship, you know? That's a good point. That's a really, really good point. I just feel like when you mentioned exhaustion, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, I've had situations like that before where you just like, it's either everything that you say, you always have to be like, oh, no, I meant it this way. Like always justify what you meant. And it's just kind of like, I didn't mean it as a personal attack. Or if you don't have to continuously justify, it's a situation where it's like, okay, like you're not being a good friend if you don't answer me right away, or you're not being a good friend, you know? And I'm, I pride myself on being a decent friend. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm there for my girls as much as I possibly can be with being an adult and like having to deal with life. But it's yeah. to also kind of like temper what is the expectation that is reasonable and what is one that only God can meet, you know what I mean? I love the way you put that and that is really true. And I think that a big part of like being a good friend is like to be self-aware. You have to ask yourself, like, is what I'm asking reasonable? Like I know that like my life revolves around me, but can I really expect my friend's life to only revolve around me? Like, you know? 
it's just like a level of self-awareness that I think sometimes people just haven't gotten there yet. And that makes it really hard. Exactly. And I feel like it goes to the point where that becomes an unhealthy friendship. I think mm-hmm. when it doesn't really better you and your ecosystem in any way, because you're just kind of like, okay, I'm really tired. You start being like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. And I think it's so fixable. You can nip it in a bud and be like, listen, we need to talk about this. And this is the pattern. Let's fix it. I don't believe we're throwing people away, but I just feel like, yeah, I, I can understand when you say exhausting. I'm like, I almost feel that in my bones and in my skin when you say that. It's not a good place to be. Yeah. And I think it is fixable, but I also think the person has to be willing to like, take that and be like, oh, yeah, like you have to, again, like you have to think that your friends are telling you things out of like club and like a good place not because they're just like trying to be mean but that person has to be willing to like see those things and if they're not then it's kind of just like you know it's just really not going to work so I think it just depends like if you guys can talk about and work it out I think that's amazing but I think the right headspace has to be there for like both people what do you think okay let's say your friend is going through like a time where maybe she's not at her best and maybe he usually is a very understanding person she usually is a very like kind-hearted soul and you know that but she's going through a point in her life that, you know, it's not really helpful to her. She's kind of behaving like um, not the best person. How do you forgive that? Like, as in like, how do you like temper that with like, okay, she's just going through something with like, okay, this is becoming who you are. This is a pattern. Like how much forgiveness is too much forgiveness? I asked you like three questions in one. <laughs> I think I got them though. But if not, let me know. But I think those are great questions. And I do think that in those situations, I think honestly, I'm going to evaluate the whole friendship because I think sometimes we can just like keep friends around and and we could say like, oh, like they're going through this situation, but typically they're not like this. But like, I'm going to ask myself like, but are they like this? Or am I just noticing it now because I've gotten to the point where like I'm over it? So I think sometimes in friendships, we will take a lot more than we ever would in a dating relationship. So I think that reevaluating a friendship, especially during that time is going to be good. But if it comes down to like, yeah, like she really is that she's going through a tough time. I think that's a conversation, but like a gentle one to be like, Hey, like I know you're going through a tough time. Like I really do love you, but I want to talk about some things and, you know, it could be like, these are some things that like have been going on in our friendship that are making me feel a certain way. And I know it's not intentional because I know you're going through a lot, but at the same time, I feel like you should still be able to like have an certain level of like respect or expectation that you want your friend to treat you and if they can't do that while they're in that space like maybe you just need a little bit of space 100 and you can't deflect i feel like on the other side of the other friend who's going through whatever she's going through i think it's important to be like oh you can't like but i'm going through a lot right now you're not being understanding have you seen what i've been going through like i feel like if that's your response is that gaslighting? <laughs> like, I don't know, but people be like, "Oh no!" But it's not like I'm not gaslighting. Like I'm not being manipulative. I really am going through a lot. It's just kind of like, no, you can manipulate without wanting to or attempting to manipulate. You can still do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like at some point you have to realize, like, okay, you are going through a lot, but does that make it okay to treat people any kind of way? It doesn't. And it's like, is that how you want to live your life and show up? in your relationships like again like I think like you said the person has to not deflect and you know that like if I was the person who was treating someone crappy because I was having a rough time I would like my friend to tell me and in the moment I might be like huh like I don't know but then it's like I'm gonna think about it later and when I think about it like I have to be honest with myself like we I feel like we all know we're not being honest with ourselves and I think that's just the time where you take the accountability and like then maybe you come back to the conversation because maybe you weren't ready to hear it at that time but like now you are but I think that will kind of let you know how important your friendship is like if they're willing to do that 
Like, I think like, yeah, if they don't take it well in the moment, like give them a little bit of space and like see what happens after. Oh man. Yeah. No, I just wanted to get your opinion on that because that, that is tricky. It's difficult, right? It's so hard. It is. You know that that person's a good person, but just kind of like, but right now you're not being the best bring up especially if that's your close friend one thing that i really believe in also being truthful with one another i feel like when you're honest with me when you're real with me that is a sign of a really good friend as well because you're talking to me and not about so i think that agreed so what are your thoughts like i don't know if you've ever had this but what about friendships that you have with someone who just can't have direct conversations like it's just so hard for them to have a direct conversation and say like something's bothering them they're gonna use it like oh they're gonna say a, a joke you know they're gonna say a joke and then you're gonna address them be like hey like you've said this a few times like it seems like it's really an issue like what like you know what's the underlying problem and they're like oh no 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 I was just joking like you know like we always know like what like what do you do I don't know if you ever dealt with that but like what would you do in that situation I don't know I have a lot of great like most of the time when the joke like it's it won't be like something very very serious but it'll be something that maybe like hurts that person in terms of like say that I got like really really close to another friend and then like let's say one of my best friends like feels like I'm not as close to her or something like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because it feels like it's really petty at like for a 30 something to be like, oh my gosh, like you haven't been hanging out with me as much. Like they won't say that and they'll make jokes about it. Oh, you're a new best friend. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and then she says it again and then you're like, hmm. And then she says it a third time. It's like, all right, you want to talk about it? You're still my best friend and I'll reassure you. So it'll be things like that and we can keep the friendship going. But if it's a situation where you're being passive aggressive to the point of like never addressing anything and then you explode, I feel like that's a completely different like thing. And I don't think I can deal with that. I think that type of thing, like I think that's a very unhealthy dynamic. But if it's little things, then why not? It's not a right. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, I think those are great examples. And that makes a lot of sense. What about you? Like if you how do you deal with that? Like you personally? That that one's really hard because I'm someone who is really direct. And my thing is like over time and as I've gotten older, I've just had to learn how to be more gentle. And I don't know if you've heard the sandwich method. You probably have like just like really like, you know, give some compliments and like kind of have or what is it like the top? the top piece of bread the meat in the middle like the stuff you really want to talk about and then like closing off on a good note um because i come from a family that like i guess we are really harsh but when you grow up in that environment like you don't see it that way we literally just like say it and it's just very like you know like it's not like i don't want to say sugarcoat but my family would be like oh well you're really sugarcoating that you know so i think like as i got older i had to realize like oh wow like that like can come off like really mean like I just need to be more gentle so it's hard for me honestly to be to or to have to deal with people who like can't have direct conversation it's honestly something I've talked about with my therapist before because I'm just like well what do you do like I'm not okay with the passive aggressive comments like I'm gonna call them out like all the time and then um so I think I'm still learning but luckily I don't really have close friends or like really friends in my life that are like that at least not right now. So like, it's not something that I have to constantly combat. But I think my tactic usually is just to like address the passive aggressive comments and try to have a direct conversation. I'm really not someone who likes to have those long text message conversations and go back and forth. Like I'd rather jump on the phone or like, I don't even want to have a back and forth voice. No, I'm just like, can we just get on the phone and talk about it? Obviously, you know, if we can't see each other, like, let's just talk about it on the phone. But it's really hard for me, honestly, when I can't do that. But like, for me, I think I just need that in a friendship. Like, that's important to me. Like, if we can't communicate directly, I don't think we can be a close friend, <laughs> to be honest. Again, about serious things, not like the small, like little, 
like the example that you gave, but like about serious things. No, like if somebody's actually deeply hurt or like, right, by either your behavior or your friend's behavior or what have you. I think that's really important. I think I think that's a good point that you made. The sandwich method. I really like that because I'm also a very direct person. I've always, I've had to learn in my years to just be like, oh, like people like think that's very shocking. You know what I mean? Like if you mm-hmm. just like, say it and you're just kind of like, oh, but I didn't think it was a big deal. And I will say like even really kind things. I'm like, oh, like you're very handsome or something direct like this. And people are like, <gasps> like, I don't mean anything, but like if that's just like what it is. And then they're like, oh my gosh. Or I don't know. I've had to learn to be like, okay, let me just like say this in a way that's like more gentle. But I also don't want to lose myself in having to always over explain and just feel misunderstood yes over explaining that is that's what i do for work i don't need to do the extra (laughs) the labor of a relationship in general with your friends with your partner what have you like you always need to explain yourself and you always need to make sure that you're communicating in a way that is thoughtful of that other person or considers that other person but i really don't think it's a situation of like how do i explain this you don't have to do that it shouldn't be that hard like the way that you like kind of tiptoe around like older CEOs or older coworkers shouldn't be the same way that you're dealing with your close partner or your like close girlfriend. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think for me, the measure is, does every serious conversation we have, am I like completely exhausted because I'm trying so hard to make sure that you are not offended by everything I say that I have to explain how I meant it and all these things. So I feel like that's kind of a measure. And if every conversation's like that, I mean, you have to tell me your thoughts, but I think maybe you're just not compatible on a communication level and that means something, you know? Or maybe there's a lack of also understanding how that person is because I think, yes, communication is very important, but you also need to understand who you're talking to. Like, and I would think that like a very close friendship would kind of entail that, you know, you understand this. Yeah. And you can still do something hurtful, even if you have a good heart about it. I always tell people that it's like, I don't want to say true your intentions, but like a little bit, because it's just kind of like you can, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like after all, like that is the truth. But at the very same time, it's like, you need to give people the benefit of the doubt what you kind of mentioned before. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And I think that's a good point. And I think at the end of the day, give people the benefit of the doubt. But then again, I feel like our intuition will tell us when, when something's off and that's when we listen. How do you know if it's intuition or trauma though? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Well, so I had an episode with a therapist, a licensed therapist. So we didn't say trauma, but we said, how do we know the difference between intuition and anxiety? I know from my, well, I mean, basically we have the same perspective on that. But I think to answer your question, I think for me, when I've noticed in situations, if it's one of the, I don't always react right away at intuition. I kind of am just like, huh, it's interesting that I feel that, but like, let me see what happens. But I think intuition is one of those like deep feelings that just don't go away. Like they just don't go away at all. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like it doesn't go away. And typically I will just pray about it. And then I'll be like, Lord, you know, let it make it clear to me. Or if I'm not meant to be in this relationship or friendship, like let that person walk out of my life. And I kid you not, it's been answered every time. (laughs) So what about you? I think that's so funny. Like that's true. I feel like it doesn't necessarily, like sometimes God, it's so funny. It'll be a situation where it's not right away. Like it gets answered, but like it can like kind of drag out. Does that make sense? And I don't know if yeah. like stubborn like nature. And God's like, you heard me right the first time. And I'm like, no, perhaps and they should try to be like logical about it. And then like if it has to end, it'll brutally end or something like this. So like, yeah, I don't know. 
it'll brutally end not all the time but like if i'm being stubborn about it i think yeah it doesn't go away it doesn't and i think sometimes to like differentiate between like your own will and intuition too but anyways that's a whole different thing (laughs) it just sticks it does that's why i'm always like okay let the other person like kind of walk out or like let it just be so clear that i can't ignore it and i feel like sometimes you do need that and that's okay but yeah so i feel like that's usually when i like know for sure i just have to do that prayer because i'm like oh gosh i don't know and i don't want to be like like, you know i don't want to make the wrong decision i guess is part of it but it's always worked out that way for me I want to take that prayer. I just might pray it. I'll let you know how it goes. Girl, be ready. Be ready for the answer no matter what it is. That's what I always say. No, I'll have to be. No, for sure. Okay, so it's been so great talking to you about friendships. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we could have this conversation. You are so welcome. It's been wonderful talking to you. You are amazing and we'll definitely Yes, and you are equally as amazing. So again, thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you really loved the episode and you felt like it resonated with you, be sure to share the love and share the episode with a friend. Also, if you could take a minute and head to the review section wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review, letting me know what you're loving about these episodes and which topics you want to hear next. That way, I can make sure that I continue creating episodes that you love. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Until next week, bye, Grown Girl Gang.